0: today's message this will be part 12 if you're you've not been around or you've not been around in a long time we're seeing some people that is their first time in a long time and it's good to have them either with us or back with us we've gone through a few exchanges the last one was his rejection for my acceptance and that was very key today we're exploring another one today we're exploring what will be the eighth exchange and like I said it might not be long it's just very short but I'd like us to think for a second and I don't even need to think I can tell you five easily but think for a second on what you would term the most shameful situation you ever were in if you don't need to think and you can remember one put your hand up, you're not going to tell us you're just one, okay shameful, like utterly shameful situation that even as you're thinking about it now you're embarrassed for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I ask that because for the most part, the average human being in whatever language, tribe, tongue, ethnicity, cultural divide, um, academic qualification, you know, exposure to life and all of that, the average human being does not need a definition of shame. We are very acquainted with it, from the most basic to the most advanced because there's varying degrees my brother of shame there's a level of shame that a level of shame will be ashamed of who knows what I'm talking about who can place themselves in the advanced level of shame like advanced where somebody you were shamed then somebody who was shamed now saw you and began to shame your shame anybody like that Okay, And they forgot about their own shame momentarily to bask in your shame or to help pray for your shame. Because if God can handle yours, then they have hope for theirs. So generally we don't need any definition for shame. As you begin to apply this to scripture, you see where in okay let me let me let me me even add this so because of our propensity to to understand shame the average human being therefore is also very 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 aware and therefore very conscious of doing whatever it takes to avoid shame there are things that you have done in life not necessarily because you wanted to more crucially there are things that you could not have done that you had to do to avoid shame your in-laws are coming you have to do some things to to avoid shame your boss is coming your auditors are coming the fear of auditors yeah, to avoid shame whatever it is that you are doing Let's not bring shame. There are relationships that you have stayed in just to avoid shame. There are marriages that are together today. Only to avoid shame. Shaming your family, shaming his family, shaming your neighbors, your mates, you know, the way they will look at it. You know, you failed again. And many people are caught in a rot R U T because they are very cognizant of the shame factor even teenagers people you are afraid of being taunted you're afraid of being bullied afraid of being mocked afraid of being called names because of this the stigma that comes with it you're the one who is not cool you know what i mean yeah. some some people have gotten into sex early and, and arbitrarily and and, and <laughs> illicitly. I want to say illegally, whatever. But, <laughs> but it's pretty much illegal. I mean, only because for a long time you were the one that was being taunted for being the one who was naive. And it's interesting how we have turned morality on his head. Now you're the one who's not had sex, you're the one who's feeling uncomfortable. When it should be the other way around. And so out of pressure, you start to do things because you don't want to be ashamed. And because we have understood or mastered the art of covering shame, it turns out that even for Jesus, over the centuries, we have done our bit to help Jesus cover his shame. Every single time you downplay the dirty, r- gory nature of the cross, that's you trying because you are embarrassed on His behalf to cover His shame. Every single artist in the world, particularly published artist have painted Jesus on a cross with a loincloth. They lied. They lied. You know why they did that? So that to a degree they can get credit for covering his shame. But Jesus was crucified stark naked. But you know, is Jesus how dare you picture Jesus naked? have had some respect for him first of all it wasn't jews that crucified him it was romans they were barbaric they were not under your law they were not under the law the whole that's why they emphasized this is he who is called the king of the jews it was not a title it was mockery So they had no sense of respect, no sense of decency. And the crucifixion standard was that those guys were crucified naked, according to Bible history. How much more that scripture tells us clearly in John chapter 19, in in Matthew chapter 27 from verse 28 downwards, that they stripped him. So yes, imagine your savior on that cross, stark naked. Imagine it. You know what it means by PG standards, by R-rated standards. You know what it means even now in our most barbaric, uncivilized cultures, unfortunately, fortunately even in Nigeria, even in Calabar, to shame someone at the highest level, you strip them naked. Nothing's left. Now what will make you think that Jesus didn't go through that? He was stripped stark naked. Now imagine a Jesus beating to an inch of his life. Every skin covering on his body torn away. Every ligament exposed. Tendrons showing. Veins lacerating. And not a piece of clothing on him. See why I told you to start by thinking about your most shameful moment and all of a sudden you realize I have oh, not seen shame. Now Imagine him on that cross on a hill. Vantage view. Nobody needed to tiptoe to see. Nobody needed to be carried on the shoulders of another to see he was put on display the son of God a son of man scorned by the ones he came to save and he's there body parts mangled no sense of dignity no sense of honor and he's there you know what the writer of hebrews says of him in hebrews 12 verse 2 in verse 1 he says coming from chapter 11 seeing as we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us run lay aside every weight and sin that is beset us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us all one statement going into verse 2 looking unto jesus the author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. So hear and see his disposition who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and of course now is laid up for him on the right hand of the throne of God so you see two things here you see that the, the cross was shame because he was already a curse as it's written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree it was bad enough that he was crucified is worse he was crucified stuck naked because the whole idea behind crucifixion is utter and absolute humiliation do you understand absolute and utter humiliation that's the whole point And he's on the cross. And no shame is spared. But guess what Jesus is doing? Scorning what was scorning him. To despise means to treat with contempt, right? To make light of something. To treat something as though it didn't otherwise matter. Are you following me? So to despise something means that something is supposed to be of value, but you rob it of its value. Right? And so you look at someone, when you despise someone, it means that you thought little of them or nothing of them at all. You looked at them with scorn and with disdain. You spoke to them in a derogatory manner. Jesus is on the cross in the worst possible position a man could be in. And even more worse, the worst, the most inconceivable position that a righteous man. Could be in yes. so it wasn't just that he was shamed because there's how you know that you deserve some shame but this was somebody who was the most righteous the only righteous at his time Because he has lost that title. Just like he has lost only begotten. Son of God. We are many now. All begotten of the Father. Born again. Not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible. By the word of God. But then the most righteous. The only righteous man. In the worst conceivable state of shame and he treated it lightly that's what the writer says or means when he says and he endured the cross despising the shame they scorned him They hurled abuses at him, they offered him terrible drink, to drink, put him out there naked, absolutely naked, beat him, embarrassed him, scourged him, he went through rejection, went through humiliation. People that he healed were saying to him, You saved others. Save yourself. Even another person in shame on a cross still turned to Jesus and said, Look at you. Come down from the cross now. And when you come down, take us down with you. Because he said to him, Save yourself and save us. If only he knew. That that's exactly what Jesus was doing by staying on that cross. You call yourself the son of God. Save yourself and save us. And Jesus was like, I'm on it. That's exactly what this is about. He went through utter humiliation. Peter was missing. Peter, it was just John there, James, Mary, his mother, Salome, the ones that stood afar off and watched, why did he have to go through that, in addition to paying for your sin? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So guess who was on Jesus' mind when he was stripped absolutely naked on a cross for the world to see. Me. Guess whose shame it was? Mine. According to Isaiah 53, my shame, your shame. So because he bore my shame, shame, I now share his glory. glory. So all along, the entire process of the worst, most inconceivable shame possible that was meted on Jesus was to bring me into glory. So it's one thing to be forgiven and remain a servant because you see you didn't have to become a son just because we're forgiven at no point did ziba saul's servant ever become a prince even when he inherited mephibosheth's fortune Because you know, Mephibosheth left David, switched allegiances and thought that Absalom will restore to him Saul's kingdom. And Ziba came and blessed David in exile. And David said to to Ziba, everything that was your master's is now yours. But Ziba did not become a prince. He did not become a son. He was still Ziba the servant. Ziba, the wealthy servant. Abraham slept with Ishmael. Ishmael mothered a child. Hagar, Hagar, I beg your pardon, never became the wife of promise. Instead, she's referred to as a covenant of the bondwoman, Galatians 4. so your sins can be forgiven and your status doesn't change does that make sense so there was a lot of simultaneous things going on in the salvation package your sins were being forgiven in fact before your sins were forgiven your healing was paid for and then on top of that your sins were forgiven and on top of that your 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 punishment was taken and you got forgiveness and on top of that you got righteousness in exchange for your sin and on top of that you got acceptance in exchange for your rejection and on top of that he took your entire old nature and gave you a new nature at the same time he took your dead life and gave you his life So, there were so many things going on, so that the man in Christ is not a reflection of anything he was before he came into Christ. It's not not nothing. There's too much that happened. Too much. And that's why I said the bane of error in Christianity is that believers have not yet come into the fullness of what Christ did. We haven't. It's a lot all at once that's why he didn't hinge your salvation on your love for him (laughs) nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ in Christ in Christ your love can't handle it Peter lovest thou more than this Lord you know I love you you were with him, this Galilean. Me, I never so much as heard the name Jesus. You know, I love you, Lord. Why you even ask that? The, the, the nomenclature of that conversation was that Peter was offended that Jesus would dare question his love for him. Come on, now, will you be asking me this kind of? If not because you are a rabbi, I would have said stupid question. But because you are a rabbi, I have not said stupid question lord <laughs> that was peter's that was peter's nature that was peter's dis- disposition he was not afraid he was one that was always challenging jesus i'm going to die in three days i'm going to rest peter was like why, what what kind of talk is that you die why why well, i just beginning to feel you let me wash your feet how can you wash my feet it should be the other way around if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. In that case, oh, you yeah, bath me, wash my head, wash my <laughs> if you don't follow the whole thing, you'll not get Peter's disposition. Jesus said, Don't do anything, don't he don't have a sword. Peter's took okay, here, I will not have a sword, but he can take a sword from a soldier and chop off somebody's ear in the twinkling of an eye. And to show you how people were determined to kill Jesus by the predetermined will of God. You came to arrest a man to kill him. They cut off your ear. The man that you want to arrest and kill. Carry the ear. Put it back in his place. You still arrested him to go kill him. Thank you very much. My ear is now whole. You're under arrest. So, so you see that from this picture man cannot take the credit for killing Jesus. Yes. Yes. You can't. You can't. You can't take the credit for killing Jesus. It was God using the convenient positioning of the evil mindedness of man. That's why he said. He said, no one takes my life from me. Me. I'm laying it down. They came to kill the other two. By, and they came to him. I realized he had given up the ghost. He gave it up. You beat somebody. I wish. Oh, man. Sometimes I wish the Lord would open your eyes to see what Jesus went through. Just for you. And yet they beat him that carried his cross dragged him like a piece of meat across all the stations of the cross the Via Dolorosa dragged him up that hill that alone can kill someone and he wasn't beaten once you know he was beaten the chief priest's house he was beaten all the way across in addition to the humiliation of the people all the things they threw at him the insult the same people who four days earlier brought out their most priced fabrics for him to walk on the same people scourged him and beat him and threw stuff at him threw rocks at him threw stones at him said despicable things to him and he did not die got on the cross and they kneel him at his wrist not in his palm here, that's where the nails, that's where the nails could hold the bone to hold him to that piece of wood, not here. And that nine-inch nail, alone, going through the bone of your wrist, is enough to kill somebody. nine inch nails not smooth nails like you have them today nicely chiseled rugged big nails iron nails and the person slamming it into you is not doing it with pity he's not doing it with pity he's not feeling sorry for you he's not apologizing for doing it he's not in it goes in it goes in it goes And that alone, slam the two nails in, put the feet together for added grip, and slam the two of them together. And then your entire body is resting on the weight of your two legs together on a nine-inch nail. And even at that, he's still being mocked and giving cheap vinegar, according to prophecy, to drink. And he didn't die until he finished being and when he finished he gave it up so nobody takes it from me and he went through all of that despicable all of that gory all of that humiliating process so that not only would my sins be forgiven but so that my status can change because your sins could have been forgiven without any recourse to your status do you understand you could have been forgiven and and, you are there but he forgave you and then he reconciled you and then he justified you so you're not even an ex-convict that's what justification means does that make sense if you were guilty of a crime and you were in prison and just before the governor went out he pardoned you your record is not expunged if you came up for political office to campaign for anything they will remind you That you were once a murderer in prison, a repeat before the governor gave you pardon. Talk to me now. An ex militant who is on amnesty doesn't have his records expunged. It's an ex militant. They would always remember you for your ex life. Does that make sense? So the justification act of God was that not only were you forgiven, in other words, what you needed to, to be given was taken away by somebody else. They also justified you, meaning that the, the slate against you was wiped clean. So you are not an ex-sinner. You are just righteous. Just as if I'd. Never done anything justified. Justified. Never done anything wrong. Do you understand that? So the justification of God was I've forgiven you, but I don't want to ever, ever, ever need to think of you as though you ever, ever made me mad. So bond the records. I, I don't want anything to ever have to remind me that there was once upon a time where you were not a people. Okay. Wipe the record. And it, there was such a time that you were not a son of God. I do not know of such a time. That's what justification means. So God never sees you as though you did, you did wrong. He can't see any wrong you did. Man can see it. That's why they are not God. So let them see it. Don't hide it. It's not you that last week I saw you doing. That's why you are man, sir. But him... He's of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. So when he when he forgave you, he removed whatever made you look like an iniquita. So he he doesn't in the old covenant he promised them, your sins I will remember no more. No more. In Deuteronomy 23, your sins I remember no more. And then he came and he said in numbers 23, rather, he said, eh, I have observed no iniquity in Jacob. Uh. Wickedness in Israel and Balak representing the accuser who knew that there was something that could be used to tamper with your salvation. I mean, no, no, they they just came from Edom where they were sleeping with the Edomites and sacrificing to their gods. No, no, come on, ask your God. There has to be something He can use to curse them. I heard your God is a righteous God. I heard your God is a just God. Come and curse them therefore. And Balaam comes and checks and he sees them arraigned in their arrangement. Someday we'll talk about it. But you see, when they left, <laughs> they were camped. Three tribes on either side of the tabernacle. And the entry of the tabernacle was to the east and there was judah and then i think there was and there was zebulun there were three tribes and judah was the largest and judah means praise and judah is where jesus came from the tribe of judah and the access into the tabernacle the presence was through judah you had to go through the tribe of judah to enter the tabernacle Of Moses are you following me so when David says come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise I will enter his gate with thanksgiving I will come into his court with praise it was not just a statement you had to come through Judah to enter the presence so I will come into your courts with praise I, I cannot avoid Judah so when Jesus says I am the way And he's of the tribe of Judah. No man cometh to the father. You had to pass through Judah. So when Jehoshaphat had four kings against five. And they were like what do we do? Who shall shall go first? God spoke and said send Judah first. Send Judah first. So, if you check the tabernacle of Moses, you have the three, three tribes on either side, and then there's the east, which is the entrance to the tabernacle. And that has a vague picturing of the cross. And so, when Balak told Balaam, Come and check here. He looked. You know what he saw? The cross. He shouted. He has not observed any iniquity in Jacob. He has seen no wickedness in Israel. Balaam could not understand what Balaam was seeing. Balaam goes on to say, Who can curse? a people whom God has blessed uh, there is no enchantment against Jacob no divination against Israel so while people are looking at you funny God does not even see you as an ex-rebel yes, sir. he himself took away what could have made him indict you again he took it away he God was one that made sure that there will never be anything by which he can be mad at you again it was God that made sure of it not your useless works not your useless works it was God that made sure that i'm sustaining this once and for all sacrifice It did, did everything i did everything so i reckon everything done That was your forgiveness, that was your redemption, that was your justification, that was your sanctification, that was your reconciliation. Romans 8, 28. For we know, NIV, we don't have NIV yet. Yes? NIV says, for we know that in all things God works, and that's the original translation in the Greek. In all things, God works for the good of them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Now go on to verse 29. See this. See this. 29. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Keep going. Moreover, whom He predestined, those He also called remember he said no one comes to me except my father draws him those he called he also justified look at this next one and those he justified he also glorified so he did not just forgive your sins he didn't just redeem you he didn't just justify you he changed your status he now took the essence of God. Glory is the word kabod. Is the word that means weight, essence, value, premium. What makes a thing that thing? If God is God, it is because He has glory. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? In other words, the definition of God is glory. Dogza in the Greek, in the Hebrew. That is what makes the essence of the embodiment of God, the encapsulation of everything God is capable of, is glory. So take away his glory, end of God. That's why then he says, my glory will I share with no man. Are you hearing me? That's why Moses says to him, show me your glory. He turned and said to him, no, no man can see my face and live. Moses did not say, show me your face. There's no translation that says that. Moses said, show me your glory. Moses God replied and said, you can't see my face and leave. So when Moses asked, show me your glory, what God heard was show me your face. And what does a face signify individuality identity who you are your face looks familiar there's some have I seen your face before your face establishes your identity so when Moses asked to see God's glory what God had was Moses saying show me what makes you God Show me what makes you God. If you are God, show me the essence of your godliness. And God says, I will hide you in the cleft of a rock and make my goodness pass by you. You will see my back, but you cannot see my face. Same face that we are now beholding. Same face. And we are beholding with unveiled faces. The glory of God is what makes God, God. So when God was paying the price to God, change of status, making man God was the ultimate on his mind. That's why I showed you Hebrews 2:10, it was fitting for him in bringing many sons into what? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. 2 Corinthians 4:6 For it is the God who commanded lights to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 2 and 3 verse 1 God ay, ay, ay. every time I do it it does me like this God who in various times King James says sundry times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets (laughs) Has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom this son he also made the worlds see verse 3 who this son being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and of course upholding all things by the word of his power so he is the express image of God's person he's the brightness of God's glory so when we go back to Hebrews 2.10 a chapter later Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 and, and you say for your was fitting for him for whom are all things and to all things for in bringing many sons do you understand it now Yes, sir. who is glory personified Christ so he brought you into him so all along status change was on his mind he didn't save you and forgive you and justify you just to be remain a servant He took of the God essence and gave you. But you see, it had to be a legal transaction. And so to legalize that transaction, he took the exact opposite of glory. Shame. He made sure there was not a single iota of shame you could feel and go through and he did not take so that as you become a son, you will understand that there is not a single iota of shame I can justify in my life. Because I am the fullness of the expression of the glory of God. He had to take it all. He had to swap it. It, was a le- it had to be a legal transaction. So I'm a legal glory vendor on the earth. Do you understand? I'm a carrier and vendor. Do you understand what I mean by vendor? I'm a wholesale distributor of glory. Me alone. Am I alone? Me, me alone like this. Me alone. I have enough glory to populate the earth with glory me alone I have enough light to shine in the darkness that is coming because you see the the darkness that is now does not yet qualify for the light I'm carrying do you understand so some of us our manifestation according to Romans 8 has to be according to Romans Isaiah 60 where cross darkness shall come upon the earth so for some of us underdogs this is our time You know the underdogs? This is our time. The glory, the light, me, Alexander Victor, I'm carrying. The light I'm carrying, the darkness that cannot be able to comprehend it has not come. The glory that I am, if if it's just me on the earth, God is fully glorified. Until you start to see yourself like that, life will still be gambling with you. And imagine that you are such a glory career because that's what he brought you into and he brought you into it by taking the totality of your shame so it doesn't matter what life throws at you to try and shame you it can't fit it, it can't look at you you should be ashamed of yourself sorry sir he took the shame on my behalf I don't know shame. If I cannot know guilt, if I cannot know sin, if I cannot know sickness, if I cannot know poverty, if I cannot know rejection, if I cannot know old nature, if I cannot know death, my brother, my sister, recall me proud all you want. I cannot know shame. Because he took it. Jesus will hang naked. Jesus, naked for the world to see and I will feel shame something's wrong with me oh look at you your mates have built houses God died for me it's enough your mates have five children he went to the cross for me that's enough. Oh, everybody on your street has graduated. You're the one here still struggling with degree. He left, he, he who did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped, left it, became lower than angels. Just for me. You can swallow your degree. Swallow it. Wash it down. Oh, but uh, Pastor, it is sounding like pride. Oh, but it is. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let not the strong man boast in his strength. But let he that boasts boast in this, that he knows the Lord and the Lord knows him. Yes. So it's pride. It's just not pride, but it's pride. Yeah. It's pride. We, we are called to be humble and we are called to be proud at the same time the way he was lion and lamb at the same time the way I am son of God and bride of God at the same time I see humility I carry knowing that if not for him there is a pride I carry that I am joint heirs now with him and I am sorry my brother but it is not easy. I am I'm sorry. I'm sorry my brother it is not an easy something, it is not an anyhow something to be joint heirs with Christ. But it's doing you something join me now there's space for one more plus one that's plus one there's space for more sons that's Me, you like this you are Christ equal co-equal co-equal they just born and first that's all that's all that's all, that's all. we're the same Heirs of the Father, joint heirs with joint, joint, joint heirs with the song. I mean, you're you here. You've bro- I'm not defined by what happens to me. I am defined by what happened to him. I am not defined by what happens to me. I am defined by what happened to him. And he bore my shame. So there is nothing life can throw at me that can make me feel naked. That's to tell you that there is nothing that happens to you that you cannot bounce back from. You see you like this, you are a bouncer. You like this. You are bouncing the Lord. You are bouncing the Lord. You are bouncing. There is nothing. There is no depth you can fall to. That you cannot bounce back from. There is no such depth. Oh, your own has finished. They will never take you seriously again. It is a lie. It's a lie. He paid for that too. Some of you are here, you have foreclosed the possibility of a good relationship. Foreclosed the possibility of a good marriage. Foreclosed the responsibility of stepping into what God has called you to do because of what you feel, what the prophets call your wasted years. Well, all of that waste was laid on him. All of it. 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 So you can live your life to the fullest. No pressure. You're not competing with anybody. You're 50. Start again. There's grace. You're 60. Good morning. You're just starting. You are fifteen. Well, I've been waiting for you. What have you been doing since you were born? You are nineteen. You are getting old. Throw yourself in. Oh, you have had nineteen boyfriends, twenty-six abortions. Hey, line up for number twenty because your better cannot be behind. Yes, sir. Yes. It's not possible. It's not possible. What kind of God? What kind of God will he be? That the boyfriend that broke your heart in 2009 and is now married with three children is the best that God can do for you. Change God. I dare you. Change God. Because that is the stupidest God there is. Do you understand? That's the dumbest God there is. Yo, no, 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 no. Your best cannot be. He said, see, who, which of you here remembered this house in its former glory? He told them. He said, the glory of the latter house. What about the house? Who is the house? Uh-huh. So you see, he was not talking about a temple. Yes, so, sir. It was not talking about big former house, latter house. It wasn't talking about you. Even in Joel, when he says, people are living in good houses when my house lies in ruins. It wasn't talking about a building. It was talking about how can you be comfortable when people are without Christ? People are empty. (laughs) You're empty. How can you be comfortable when you're supposed to be expecting the house to be filled? The house is in ruins. Why? You are the house. And the glory of the latter house is greater. Better cannot be behind. It's it's, it's not possible. Oh, I've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. There's something called try again now. Now, for somebody it might look like we're just motivating you but for somebody else you walk out of this room tonight and realize there's no shame stopping me no shame start it he took it he bore it how can i write wayek at 32 years old write it don't apologize your own timetable just got started yes sir you are into glory now we are dealing with glory we are transacting with glory now we're not transacting with shame we're not transacting with self-consciousness we're not transacting with rejection we're not transacting with apology i beg just bear with me and you're here you're a lady you're a son of god and a brother makes you feel like he's doing you a favor by dating you you as you are like this like this as you are like this, this much glory packed into one person and a brother will say, if not for me. Yes, I hope that as you are doing that and laughing and making comments, you are delivering yourself. Because some of you have settled for nonsense just so that you will not be the one that doesn't have a boyfriend. You will not be the one that doesn't have a girlfriend. You will not be the one that doesn't have somebody that you can call. Do you know how much glory he bought and gave you that you are not transacting with? You are feeling sorry for yourself and expecting the church to feel sorry for you. For our light afflictions which are bought for a moment are walking in us, a far more exceeding abundant weight of glory whom he justified he also he changed your status yes, sir. Yeah. you are now made of the God stuff yes. do you understand yes. because glory is yes. God stuff yes, glory is not man stuff so you are not ordinary. You are now made of the God kind of stuff. Do you understand? So when they call for God's meeting, you, sh- you are not supposed to be absent. See, they are quiet now. They are quiet. Because when the Father is saying, let us now, I am included. Ah. My word carries power yes, sir. Yes, sir. My, my word carries that's why there's result. It's glory that produces result. Where the mouth the word of a king is there's power. It's glory that produces result. So I, I'm made of the god stuff so they are kidnapping people they can't kidnap me. They, they, they want to carry people and go and do stuff they drop, they pack and leave me in the car and go inside the car and they remember that they left me in the car with the doors open yeah. so, I, so, I, so I can walk out of the car and if I have to trek home it's okay but, but you see we are made of the God stuff you can't use us for ritual you can't you can't you can't you can't, you, you can't. You can't, you can't use you can't no, you you, you, no, you, don't understand. You cannot. You cannot. You think, me. Me. You better believe what I'm telling you. Yes, sir. Because like I told you, life comes to test every word you receive. Every word. Every word. You. No, you, you are made of glory stuff. The shame is taken away. Yes, sir. My shame is taken away. My pain is healed in his name. I believe. You better come into the fullness of who you are in Christ. You better. You better come into the fullness. Stop apologizing for it. Stop apologizing for sickness. Stop uh, apologizing. You know, I I I know I'm not. A, you know, you know. I I I would have put myself out there, but I, I I know what I've I've gone through. And sometimes it's happened to me before. You are afraid of preaching. You're afraid of teaching. You're afraid of singing. Until you understand that no 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 no, it was paid for. Yes, sir because you see there is no shame in the mix of what God has called us into but whatever life throws at you remember that you are a bouncer I'm here cat nine lives no as son of God inexhaustible life inexhaustible cat just nine no 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 I'm better than a cat with nine lives And my lives cannot finish. It's not a game where the like mother motor commander they beat me. It's not you down. No, no, no. Every day the spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead is quickening your mortal body. Every day, every day. So don't feel ashamed. Don't don't let shame keep you down. No, there's no shame. The shame is taken away. The next time the devil wants to make you feel ashamed, picture a naked Christ on the cross. Don't let that picture ever leave your face. Picture a naked, stark naked Christ on the cross. No dignity left, no decency left, no respect left, no masculinity left. No honor left, and Jesus said nonsense. He despised it. He said nonsense. He said, This is all I need to do for Debbie. Bring it on. This is all I need to do for Christy. Strip my skin. It's not just the clothes, strip the skin. He despised it. In other words, it was weighty, but he regarded it as weightless. It was significant, but he dis- 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 regarded it as nothing. He endured the cross, despised the shame. He, do- he didn't endure the shame; he despised it. He thought the shame to be nothing. They laughed at him. They scoffed at him. They, 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 they threw stuff at him. They, they looked at him, and some of them even turned him into the object of their wildest fantasies. And there was there. Not a string of decency left. And he said, "This is all you can do. Bring it." Lay it on me. Because Alexander is never going to have to go through this. Ever in his life. And this is the price I pay to change their status. Bring it on. So you can't feel judged. There is therefore now. Condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus. And then you are free. Because it's what you are afraid of that the enemy can use against you. Free yourself. Free yourself. because he bore my shame shame. I now share in his glory glory. give him a swap praise tonight (laughs) hallelujah we thank you father thank you for the victory that we have in you thank you for the glory you have called us into thank you that we are glory carriers glory vendors thank you that shame is removed from us the world cannot put us to shame life cannot put us to shame money cannot put us to shame jobs cannot put us to shame exam results cannot put us to shame Promotion interviews cannot put us to shame. Visa applications cannot put us to shame. Marriage proposals cannot put us to shame. Whatever it is we're doing, bank applications, business entrepreneurship endeavors, nothing can put us to shame. Because we are a glory people. So even tonight as we leave we breathe consciously breathe your glory upon our sphere of influence in the name of Jesus. We breathe your glory upon our bodies. We breathe your glory upon our finances. We breathe your glory upon our families. We breathe your glory upon our jobs. We breathe your glory and we saturate our lives our sphere of influence with your glory. And we thank you for all the good things thereby that I released. Amen. We give you all the thanks and praise. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give him praise one more time. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.